I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but this week, believe it or not, was Shemitah Awareness Week. How many people knew that? Wow. Excellent. No pink ribbons. There were some people seen running with like sods of earth through Central Park. Hydroponic. Yeah, hydroponic. The, the Torah this week is going to introduce us, well not really introduce us, it already appears in the book of Exodus, but we'll be reintroduced this week, tomorrow morning, to what my dear friend Rabbi Michel Tzion called the darling commandments of financial interventionists the world over. Shemitah and Yovel. Six years you shall sow your field and six years prune your vineyard and gather in the produce thereof. But on the seventh year that is a Shabbat of solemn rest for the land. Shabbat la'aretz. A Sabbath unto God. Shabbat la'donai. The land has Shabbat and God has Shabbat. You shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. That's Shemitah. Six years of hard work, six years of sowing, six years of pruning, six years of, of back-breaking labor, and in the seventh year, let it go. Let it go. And here's your veil. You shall sanctify the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land. Sound familiar, right? And proclaim liberty throughout the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee year unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possession and return every man unto his family. Veshav ish el Everyone goes back to go. So, just a quick refresher, a quick going over of some of the basics. So, all agricultural work and the remittance of all slave ownership and debts occurs on the seventh year. Every 50 years, every cycle of seven times seven, seven years of Shemitah, seven cycles rather of Shemitah, in the 50th year, there'll be all real estate transactions are remitted, a second year of agricultural remittance, so there's two years, the 49th and 50th year. If you are unfortunate enough to have made a fortune during those 49 years, the IRS has got something for you. You don't get to keep it. Everyone goes back to the beginning. So before we get into a little bit of where I go with this, I want to say how difficult it is on the one level, you know, I went to an interfaith gathering two weeks ago, and in the round robin when we were breaking the ice, we had a chavruta, we had a study partner, one person across from us, and they gave us a minute for questions. And here were the questions. They went in rapid fire. You have one minute to tell them who you are. Go. Two minutes pass. You have one minute to tell them who you pretend to be. Good, right? So I have a confession. I pretend to be a farmer, but I'm not. Meaning, I have no agricultural green thumb. I 
don't often yearn to plant perennials and so on. I don't, I don't have that mulching uh, gene. <laughs> so what I can't do is tell you how the principles and values of Shemitah should be working now in a modern economy, both in Israel and both in America. I'll leave that for our friends at Chazon and Siach and other organizations. One of the very difficult things about Shemitah and Yovel is that for 2,000 years it was completely irrelevant. We didn't have land to allow it to lie fallow. We didn't have a 50-year cycle. It wasn't relevant. And so it was easy to psycho-spiritualize Shemitah and Yovel to talk about its deeper inner significance. And I feel a a little bit uh, constrained tonight to talk about the psycho-spiritual dimension of Shemitah and Yovel because so much good work is happening, literally it needs to happen, around how we are relating to the earth. I was on the phone with, the, with my rabbi, Reb Zalman, earlier today, and he quoted to me the beginning of the parsha. It says in the parsha, And God spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai. And very famously, Rashi, quoting the Midrash, the great 11th century exegete, quoting the Midrash, says, The Torah begins by telling us about the laws of agriculture, and it happens to give us a very irrelevant point. At Mount Sinai, says the Midrash, everything was at Mount Sinai. Why do we have to know that the laws of agriculture, the seven-year cycle and the 50-year cycle, has to do with Sinai? This term, by the way, makes its way into modern Hebrew. If you want to say to somebody, Devorah, if you want to say, I don't understand what you're talking about, what does one thing have to do with another? You'll say, What does this have to do with that? And it's, uh, what does it have to do with the price of eggs in China? It will be translated in Hebrew to... Exactly. There you go. So what is the price of tea in China is, in our biblical way of expressing things, what does Shemitah have to do with Mount Sinai? So Rav Zalman said to me, because at Mount Sinai, we're told that we had no choice, but we had to receive the Torah. And in our generation, we have no choice but to receive the Torah of Shemitah. It's as if the mountain is hanging over our heads saying, if you don't receive Shemitah, if you don't receive the wisdom of relating to the earth in the way that she needs to be related to, if you don't give her Shabbat, if you don't listen to what the UN says about how human beings are affecting the climate, Sham this is where the, the mountain will fall on you. <laughs> but for me, I'm touched. Whenever I hear these words, Ukratem jor ba'aretz. And you shall proclaim liberty in the land. And each one will return to his holding, her holding. Whenever I hear those words, my heart breaks wide open. I don't even need a midrash. The Torah speaks to me in that moment and says to me that I have an original place. The Torah says to me that it doesn't matter where I've been over the last 49 years. It doesn't matter what companies I've bought and what properties I've accrued, what homes I've moved from. There is an original place that I alone call home. And so I want to know what that word liberty is. Because it says it right there in Philadelphia, and it says it in Ghana, Pamon, and it says it in other places. That word liberty, what is, it, what is its meaning? Duror, yikra. 
What does it mean? What does it mean in Hebrew? Dror, the word translated as liberty. So there are three meanings for the word dror. Dror means liberty, freedom, to free slaves. It also means an incense, more, dror more, more dror. It is something that flows. It, has a f- it is something that smells beautiful, and it is mizuyaf. It's clear. It's pure. And the third meaning of the word dror, which is translated as liberty, is it's a bird. And it's a unique bird that has no roof. I was at a gathering this past week, uh, another gathering. Been to a lot of gatherings last two weeks. And they went around the room and they asked us, in three years from now, what will your organization look like? And then in a concentric circle, they expanded and they said, in three years from now, what will your city look like? In three years from now, what will the North American continent look like? And the fourth question was a global question. And as we went around the room, we moved from excitement to despair very, very quickly. Hmm. (laughs) We moved from a sense of possibility around our own individual organizations, what we can do. Then they said, what are you going to do in New York City? I started talking about Bill de Blasio, visions. What are you going to do in North America? Visions. (laughs) They asked us about Israel. And each and every group came back, and each one was more depressed than the other. And he pointed out to us, he said, it's very, very hard when you're thinking about big things to have a sense that you can chip away. It's very, very hard when something is so beyond your grasp, something is so beyond for the mind and the heart to feel comfortable. But when we have something in front of us that we can tackle, Mm. something that we can metabolize, something that we can see, it reignites us, it re-inspires us. Deror, liberty is. Liberty is, say the Mefarshim, the commentators, is when that bird called Deror, that bird that has no ceiling, when that incense which flows fluidly and with purity reminds us that everywhere we go, it's possible to remember that we have an original place. That no matter how fablungent, no matter how confused, no matter how disconnected we are from the land, no matter what slavery we have sold ourselves into, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what life has given us, regardless of, the promise of the Torah is, that it won't be like this forever. Yovel, jubilee year, doesn't come from the word jubilation, even though that's the way they translate it. Yovel comes from the word lehovil, to be escorted, to be brought back, to be brought back into a relationship with that which in you that knows that you're free. If we can remember that we're free, how hard it is to remember that. And I know that it's crazy to say that in, in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I wish that it were the case I wish that it were the case that week in and week out, people didn't come to talk to me about their particular prisons that they're in. People who on the outside would say, oh, everything is great. People who on the outside would say, wow, how accomplished. People who on the outside would say, they don't need Yovel. 
They certainly know where they are. We never get confused anymore. We have GPS. And you know what's interesting, everybody? The word in Hebrew for world is also yovel, tevel. Bechol yoshvei tevel. We're all looking for that place. And the Torah says to us, it promises us that we can find it. So I don't want to talk tonight about Shemitah. The whole of next year, beginning in Rosh Hashanah, will be about the year of Shemitah. We're going to be imagining together as a community along with other communities about how we can bring that practice into our lives. What would it look like? If you look on the Rabbim website, you'll see a, a Dvar Torah from Rabbi Jill Hammer from two years ago called uh, It's Not Dirt, It's Earth, which is a beautiful expression of Shemitah mind. I also gave a Torah last year about Shemitah operating system called SOS. You can go to the Chazon website and get all kinds of information about what Shemitah might look like year to year. But I want us to think about Dror. I want us to think about what liberty looks like and how we can proclaim liberty for each other and for ourselves. I know that... Um, I know that I know that it's not easy. It's so easy for a rabbi to get up here and give you like a Torah like, hey, I got my Yovel together, how about you? I know it's so easy to look into the parsha and say, ah, Jubilee. But Shlomo Karbach used to say, I love shalom. The things in our lives that we have to make cash Torah. You know what cash Torah is? Cash Torah is when somebody comes to you and asks you if they can borrow a dollar and you look into your pocket and it's there. And you can give it to them right away. So you have like a dollar there all the time just in case. So there's got to be Torah in our lives that's right here in our pocket. What's your pocket Torah? So draw yikra. If somebody comes to you and says, I'm in prison, what are you going to say to them to release them? If somebody comes to you and says, I'm lost, I don't know where my original place is, what are you going to tell them to help them find their original place? If somebody comes to you and says that I have a daughter or a son who's sick and I feel so sold, we as human beings have to know how to help somebody buy back their land. You know what I'm saying? We have to be able to know what it is that will release David and what will release Howard or what will release, you get it? A community that supports each other will be a Yovel community. It will be a community that, that will identify when someone says, hey, I don't know where my place is. And we'll be able to say to them, here's your place. Or help me, I'll help you look for it. But whatever you do, don't forget and don't give up hope that you have a place. That no matter how far off you are, you're going to find it. That's Yovel. And so God says, Kili kola aretz, the entire earth belongs to me. Meaning, if I'm your landlord, then you're never homeless. 
So I want to bless you and bless me back. The Torah is full of so many beautiful places that we can land, so many beautiful lessons. There's a little bird this week who has no ceiling. She's free. And she knows that wherever she puts her feet, if she has faith in that one, that's her home. I call each and every one of us to find the drawer, the liberty, the bird that is us. And in the sense of incense, to share it with all of those around. May that be true and may that be so. And let us say amen.